0: Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of Improvise Till You Make It. I'm Blake. I'm Henry. And we're Henry Henry and Blake. Blake. Ta-da! Yay! This is a podcast all about the improv mindset. And on this podcast, we talk with other improvisers about how they use the improv mindset on stage and how or if they apply it to their lives offstage to live brighter, fuller, more exciting lives. Uh, And throughout the way, we're going to be inspired by our conversations to cut into wacky, zany improv scenes done on the spot. Exactly. Today, we are joined by none other than the one and only Carl Clancy, everybody. Hello. Hi, Carl. Hi,
1: Carl. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for being here. Yeah. And thanks for your patience. Uh, for those of you who are not in the room with us, which is everyone listening except <laughs> the three of us, that was the fifth take of that intro, uh, which is shocking. You it's,
1: nailed it the fifth time, though. It, it, yeah. Well,
0: I still stumbled a bit, but I got to be honest, it's usually a one-take kind of thing, and today, yeah. I was just not my day. So, Carl, thanks for your patience. Henry, sure. thanks for your patience. A
2: diesel start, but a we're di- there. A diesel start. What yeah. Is, what is a diesel start? Uh, that's what we say in, 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 in French. It's a French thing, I guess. But, like, you know, the, the, the diesel gasoline car, like, just, yeah. I mean they, they, they start slower. Okay. Then, then we'll get. Yeah, that, that makes yeah. sense to me.
1: Yeah,
0: that also makes sense, I guess. Everyone, wait one second. Boy, we are off to the most unprofessional start that we have ever had. Sorry about that, Carl. Uh, all all right, right, but from Sorry. now on, it's all prof- it's all professionalism with me and with me and Henry here. <laughs> okay.
1: Do I have to be professional? <laughs> no,
0: no, 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 no. We no, would we no. so much prefer it if you didn't. A lot of people ask. Yes, you may curse on this podcast. Oh, great. Uh, so if you feel that you know, you don't have to. You know, maybe, you know, but if you want to, it's
1: probably going to happen. I'll be honest. Yeah, 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 now that the the blinkers are off. Okay, yeah. great.
0: Uh, Carl, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your deal? What are you doing here in Berlin? Where are you from, etc. Oh
1: wow. Um, well, I'm Carl. I'm from Dublin in Ireland. Mm. Um, I moved here about five years ago and uh, started doing improv here about three years ago. Okay. Um, and yeah, I suppose I think my time in Berlin has been divided very starkly between. Pre improv and post improv, my whole kind of lifestyle changed. <laughs> my whole life has been pre improv, yeah, post improv. Yeah, the first two years was just kind of typical: move to Berlin, kind of have a good time, partying. And uh, then I discovered improv, and I'm like, "There's more, there's more." I can.
3: Whoa, <laughs> another layer of this yeah. city. Wow.
1: I can I can go to sleep every night of the week and still enjoy my life. Um, <laughs> what yeah. What
0: got you into improv in the first place? How did you sort of like stumble into this?
1: Um, fear got me into it. Okay. Honestly, uh, I, I I've mm. been like a comedy fan my entire life. Grew up watching brilliant British and American comedies with my family uh, when I was much too young to um, in front of the TV every night and then got into, into watching stand-up in a big way. I never really felt like I, I couldn't really see a path into it in Dublin, you know, other than just fucking get up and do it. But yeah. The amount of steps to get through to do that, it's just like terror the whole way. And um, I started watching st- stand-up here a bit as well and realized there was a, a, a class for that. Mm-hmm. And um, I basically just chickened out of signing up for that class when I saw they also had improv classes yeah, I was like, well, let's see. If I try to stand up, I will inevitably forget all my jokes and stuff. Um, but if I have maybe an improv background, I'll be able to lean on that. Yeah, uh, I've come to realize that's not exactly how it works. But uh, I tried out an improv class and just instantly fell in love with it. Yeah, and yeah, um, little else has occupied my thoughts since in the last three years. Yeah, so I'm I'm very grateful for that. It's a rare instance in my life, I think, where I completely chickening out if something has, has worked well for me. But yeah, uh, I try not to make a habit of it. So uh, yeah, that's my story.
0: Well, right on. Well, thanks so much for being with us here today, Carl. Uh, we just wanted to, I was just a bit curious, I wanted to dig into this a little, a little bit. Uh, you have so many great skills as an improviser. You're such a, a great performer and it's always such a joy to watch you on stage. I'm curious, first of all, do you have any performance background at all uh, before you started doing improv? No. So that was like your first taste of stage life.
1: Yeah, absolutely yeah okay. um i mean i suppose i did debating in school and was always really scared of that um uh but was like i should do this, this yeah. is a good thing um but yeah i think yeah i think anyone i think everyone should do an improv course uh even if you have no intention of ever doing it on stage i honestly think that there's very few types of people who wouldn't benefit from it in some way or another yeah definitely um, even yeah just to get a different perspective on things and I mean, it's just fun, you know, it's just fun or terrifying if you're that type of
0: person. Carl, you have uh, many talents, as I said, as an improviser and a performer, but one of them that I think for me stands out in particular is your ability to do imitations or like impersonations and accents in particular. When did this start and how did you sort of hone your skills, so to speak?
1: Interesting question. Well, I mean, it's uh, since for as long as I can remember, I've been doing that. Um, One thing you might not know about growing up in Ireland is like we've got, um, well, when I grew up, only two television stations that were really bad. And mainly uh, shows from the U.S. and the U.K. We also got all the U.K. stations for free in Dublin, like BBC and Channel 4 and UTV Mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, So compared to a lot of people in the Anglophone world, I think Australians are similar in that a lot of Australians are really good at accents. But we're just bombarded with other accents when we're growing up. Right. Myself and my older brother John used to just like we just fuck around the whole time. We were just constantly you say what's my performance background. It's fucking around with my brother and my friends. Like, that's kind of how <laughs> we interact it's with each other. Life improv via Ireland. Yeah, <laughs> we're just doing bits. But um yeah, we're constantly bombarding the news with like, you know, accents from all over the UK, Scottish accents, Northern Irish accents. And I think, well, accents is just the more you're exposed to them, you'll get better at them. But yeah. if you are not exposed to them, how would you know how to do it? You know what I mean? Yeah, right. And I do it like I talk to myself. I work from home on my own. I talk to myself all day. I talk to the dog. I'm just ranting in a Scottish accent in the mirror the whole time. It's not... <laughs> in a mirror, no less. You're like, I'm yeah. taking a break
0: from work to go have a Scottish
1: moment in the yeah, mirror with if I'm myself. I'm like washing my face, I'm just shutting on like a newsreader or something.
0: Do you have an an impersonation or an accent? Do you have one that you really love doing? Like one that just tickles your heart?
1: Um... I mean, there's a few. I, my Scottish is like my favorite accent. After maybe Icelandic, but I'm a long way from nailing that.
0: That's a t- that's a that's a subtle one.
1: Yeah, and there's so many levels of it because like some they all the Icelandic people, most of them have such great English. Yeah, but they don't really have much of an accent. And anytime I've I've showcased my Icelandic accent to any of them, they all cringe. They hate it. Um, which I think
0: they hate concern,
2: your accent or they hate their accent. Uh, no, they hate me attempting
1: to do uh, okay. their <laughs> accent. But I love listening to
2: it. Being a French improviser in a in a you an know, English speaking community is always always. A bit of a trick because people love to go to a French accent because mm. it's such a safe space because it's like nah you know it's like Europeans that's fine like there's no problem with it but it's always the same type of characters and it's always the same type of cliches and you're like yeah that is nah <laughs> that that's is. the thing you
1: say it's safe and like there's definitely like um, you know you gotta punch up in comedy you know yeah um and I what do does that see, mean, Carl? Punch up, as in not um, like if you know, being like a, a straight white male, I'm in a certain position of social privilege, and I the targets of my comedy should not be people who are but do don't have that level of privilege, you know? Right.
0: Okay. I think this is a a great segue into the topic for the day, which is. Uh Value number four four from the Improv Manifesto. Uh, The Improv Manifesto, for those of you who maybe haven't already heard, is uh, mine and Henry's attempt at articulating the improv mindset, what it is and what are the principles and values that improvisers are using on stage so that we can start to try to apply them off stage. And today we're talking about value number four. Take us away, Henry.
2: Assume the best. So um, always give the benefit of the doubt. Trust in the good nature of people and their intentions. And when in doubt, ask for an explanation. Um, so yeah, Carl, what, what does Assuming the Best, is is that a thing that you do when you go on an improv stage or, or is that something you think about?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, and definitely in life as well. Um, and I think it's something that's kind of, that I've started thinking about more, I would say the last three years as the world descends into fascism essentially. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it can't be that, you know, 49% of American people are full on hateful racists, you know what I mean? um or like for example scotland a few years ago voted against their own independence all the scottish people i know essentially live in berlin yeah are very liberal um and from talking to all of them and it's like well of course they're gonna vote to leave you know uh, it, w- it was pretty close to the polls i think but then it w- really went far the other way and it was just like what but you know someone just made the point that like well listen you don't know any scottish people who have three kids and a mortgage um, yeah it, that's a leap into the unknown Become an independent if you're in that situation it's like yeah you gotta you gotta definitely like think outside your own bubble and like I don't live those people's experience so yeah so far as seeming the best goes, it's like I think most people are good you know I don't think everyone is good, but I think most people do kind of want the want the same things, you know? It's an
0: interesting segue between like what we were talking about with accents and, and like mm. doing good or bad accents, being somebody on stage, watching people, being the stereotype of where we come from, et cetera. Yeah. How would assume the best
1: work in that case? Um, I What don't does know. it mean to you? That's a tough question. Uh, early on in my improv career, I had a, an interesting moment, a teachable moment where it was like a short form step out game. It was uh, top of that, yeah. where we're, 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 we're doing the same physical action over and over and trying to find new reasons for what it is. And I, yeah, this is going to sound terrible, but, but bear, bear with me. I'm like swinging my hand forward. I'm like, I'm uh, whipping my slave. Now in my head, I was in a Berlin <laughs> sex dungeon, whipping, uh, consensually whipping my sex slave and everyone yeah, was course. having a good time. And it uh-huh. was this gasp from the audience. And I look, I'm like, oh, sex slave, sex slave. And then there's a big laugh. <laughs> and so that's a good lesson on spe- specificity certainly but um G-
0: yeah you're right because even i'm like bearing with you and you said that line came out of your mouth and my eyebrows like almost yeah. out of my own control went up
1: into yeah. the top of my forehead like yeah, wha- yeah. <laughs> yeah we were you know in my head it was uh, someone exploring their sexuality in a very safe and caring way and there were safe words and everything but yeah so i don't blame anyone for not assuming the best in that situation yeah. because i came in and said something you know on paper extremely horrible But um, yeah, I I suppose it seemed the best, like you definitely get people kind of saying off color things or, you know, Mm. getting into dodgy areas. And um, I think my way of assuming the best there is maybe if it's like a less experienced performer is maybe I'll try and steer the the scene into a, a nicer place, you know, like if someone had said that to me, I'd be like yes, well, we, here we are in our dungeon in our leathers and uh, I've paid you to whip me as your slave kind of thing. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, and maybe that's what they meant, you know? But uh,
0: How does it apply to just just a pure normal scene where you're playing with somebody, maybe you don't know them or, or they're making a choice, for example, and mm. you're like,
1: hmm. It's, it's good to take the safe option and like assume, assume the worst and try to either fix it or tag it out. I've had bad experiences attempting by thinking, I can fix this dodgy scene and mm-hmm. it just makes it much worse, which is usually what will happen um but i think i certainly like if if i see someone making a mistake like that i'm not gonna the you know the the set ends i'm not gonna be like well that's a horrible person yeah whenever you talk to these people afterwards they're either apologetic or I just oh jesus i didn't mean to say that i panicked you gotta assume as well that like um like improv is tough you know you've got 10 things going on in your head and sometimes the last thing you're tending to is the specifics of the wording, you know, you like, like your politically correct filter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or even you're just like, you know, like I it's certainly in your first year, year and a half improv, it's like, okay, this is a three person scene. You've got like 10 competing things in your head. You're trying to listen to this person. Remember what this person said, figure out who you are in the scene, where the scene is going, what your character would want. Am I facing the audience? What was the name of that character? Yeah. And it's very easy to get things wrong. I mean, I, you know, I still fuck things up. I'm much more experienced improvisers than me still say the wrong things yeah. sometimes. And I think, yeah, if someone's an improviser, they're generally probably a nice person and didn't mean it. Um, Or sometimes just, some people are from like different backgrounds and they just like, I think things in certain countries around Europe would be fine to say on stage that really aren't here, you know? Mm, definitely. Um, Or in Dublin or whatever, you know? Um, So you got to see them. Yeah, I think people aren't nasty and aren't, trying to punch down or
0: yeah and what I'm, I and I think it's definitely true definitely true in scenes where people are bringing up sort of like questionable material right like we we have I I think it's important you have to assume like all right you're not trying to be mean or nasty or punch down maybe you're yeah. accidentally punching down or maybe you just don't know that you shouldn't punch down maybe you don't understand what that means to be someone in a mm-hmm. certain you know hierarchical position in our society yeah. and to be like you know, making jokes that are or or yeah like basically making fun of people right which is which is in essence what punching down is Mm -hmm. you have to kind of assume like you're not a bad person you're probably confused and i'm not gonna like just ostracize you when you get off stage maybe Mm -hmm. we can have a chat and like talk about why that's not a Mm -hmm. great decision you made but i wonder how does it apply to not controversial things like like we walk on stage and i'm and you're you're just i make a choice or a decision that You're just, you weren't expecting or wasn't maybe the direction that you kind of thought the thing was going. What does assume the best mean in that situation?
1: Well, I can't remember. There was some podcast, maybe a UCB teacher's podcast or something where someone said, if you find yourself, if you're on a team or something, there's someone who you don't really, you don't play well with, or you think, oh, I'm a better improviser than them, or, oh, this person's always making bad decisions. Get out of that mindset. Imagine that, think of who your favorite improviser in the world is and be like, I'm going to pretend that that person just said that line. I'm going to pretend that was Connor Ratliff just said that line. Because mm. if you find yourself on stage mm. with your favorite improviser in the world, um, it wouldn't, whatever they said, you'd just be like, you'd heavily yes and because you're like, I know this is going somewhere. I mean, that might have sounded weird or dodgy or I don't understand the reference, but yeah. I'm going to treat this person like, and you're supposed to treat, treat your fellow improvisers like they're the geniuses, you know? Yeah, And you got to remind yourself of that sometimes because you get into patterns of thinking, oh, another one of these lazy initi- initiations from this person, you know? And... Um, and you can feel it yourself as well. Like sometimes I, like you can feel the judgment of your choice. People can yes and you, but you can tell by their body language and stuff yeah. that they are judging your choice. And it's, I mean, fair enough. I'm sure I'm, there are a lot of bad habits I have that I don't know. And I think like my improv sometimes boringly goes to the same place a lot. Um, but I think, yeah, if you really like, yeah, I'm lucky enough to be on teams where we all really do trust each other. Yeah. And no matter if you're like, yeah, someone comes out and you realize they've missed something from the the opening, or they've gotten a the word wrong, or something, and you just be like, "Yeah, this is this is you know what I mean." That's Heather Ann Campbell saying that, you know. Yeah, right. A great improviser for anyone who doesn't know, you know. Because <laughs> yeah, and just treat them like they are geniuses. And the scene will go better.
2: That's a good trick, but the reality is like you spend ninety-nine percent of your life out of an improv stage. So mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like it's something yeah. that you need to apply. It's interesting that you can apply that to your life, or it should be applied to your life first. Yeah, well.
1: I've I've like. I'd say at least once, maybe twice, sort of mended real world relationships on stage with people, you know, <laughs> where like someone has a way of approaching things that you don't really like, or you kind of like, you feel a bit stubborn or something. And then when you're on an, in an improv scene with them, you're like, I, I, I'm pretty sure this person has this type of scene in mind for this, and I'm just going to 100% go with it. And it goes really well. And you're like... I mean, I could do that when we, you know, when we're working together. Or we, you know what I mean?
2: This we is cut to um, a back alley um, at a corner of a street where three gangsters are watching the entrance of a bank. Um, two of them are heavy armed, and one of them just has nothing. Uh, they're all internationals. One of them is uh, Russian. Uh, one of them is Scottish, and one of them is uh, Irish. I, I... All right. Uh. Alright, guys. I think we should go to that bank, and uh, and I think that uh, you, the Irish guy, you should go uh, first. Um,
1: yeah, I'm I'm happy to do that, but um, I don't have any I don't have my shooter with me. I'm I'm, I'm unarmed. Is that that would be fine? Do you reckon?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, trust trust us on this one. We would would train you well.
1: People like I've heard stories of people holding up banks with screwdrivers. Um, I don't. Let me see what I've got. I've got uh, I've got a metal credit card. That, do you reckon that might... Yeah, You can you cut yourself on
2: that. You uh, can throw that as a ninja weapon.
1: Well, no, I, I do need this now. And I'd rather not leave any evidence at the scene. I think it, that'll probably be fairly traceable back for me now.
0: All right, listen. Now, you're here in this group, yeah? Right, yeah, yeah. You need to trust us. We have decided not to give you a weapon. Oh, all oh, right. I didn't realise that I'd, was... And I'd prefer if you didn't use some sort of improvised armament you all know right. just we've got the guns we're going to send you in there and we need you to trust that's the way it's supposed to go down
1: all right well i mean right. i can use my famous dublin charm uh maybe they'll just give me all the cash uh that's that gets me through a lot
3: of scrapes generally
0: that is exactly what we had in mind
3: that is what we were
0: thinking oh, we we're, brilliant. Right. we're on right. the same that's, page we need to get an irish guy on our team not because you're particularly well known for your krav maga or your kung fu or your even your shooting skills but because you're so Goddamn charming.
1: Ah, stop it, Jesus. You're, you're too kind, you're too kind. So I really love working with you guys. Uh, I didn't, you know, I was a little apprehensive at first, but I really feel like we've gelled well as a little criminal organisation. I really feel like you guys have got me back. Oh, we've got
0: your back, that's for sure. We're going to send you right in there, but we're standing right out here with the arms, the weapons and the and, and the brute force. Great
2: mover, Russia we do?
0: Yeah, you know, I wanted to tell you uh, in our last training session, when we were firing at the targets, you know, you obviously weren't because we haven't given you a gun. But no. it really, I could tell you were rooting for me as I was pulling the trigger and hitting that paper target.
1: I was, I was, and you know, after after these were finished, I went over and I had a word with the targets themselves because I Did was, you? yeah, I was rooting for them as well in in some regard. You know, you missed a few times, mm. and I think it's very good to kind of you know encourage everyone. It's it's a very one-way process the the target practice, you know. And uh, I feel like me and uh, me and that shattered target kind of connected on some level, and hopefully got it for a few points someday. Did what? Well,
3: that is amazing! You talked to an inanimate object.
2: Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Is really good. I think that you you are really bringing something intellectual to this group. What did you learn?
1: What What did I learn from him? Um, I suppose a valuable lesson I learned from that 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 target was that uh, it, it's it's always it's important not to not to stagnate in life, you know. Uh, you got to keep on moving forward in your personal life and your career. If you stay in the one place the whole time, you're going to take a lot of punishment. I See, think. that is what I've been telling you, Dimitri, and that is what I've, that is
0: exactly right. That's what I've been telling you. That's what I've been saying. We need to stop using just these tiny pistols. We need to
2: upgrade. You know, we need to go further in our career. But that I know, I know a guy. I know a guy who's was bur- tanks. A guy things. who was
1: sorry, your accent's a bit <laughs> Your accent's very thick there. This
0: is not a laughing we, matter mate come on
1: um, uh, Jase, if, we, if we can't have a laugh when we're about to rob a bank lads come on here have oh. a have a swig off that have a swig off oh. my hip flask of whiskey there come oh the on. hip Flasco
0: whiskey also yeah. while we brought an irish guy along we thought uh, all listen, right stop he's, it, gonna, will you? he's gonna he's gonna lighten the load you're right i'm being a bit i'm being a bit strict here you're right you're right sorry sorry
2: i'm, I'm losing my accent because of you guys i spent too much time with you well that's what happens you know it's a thing of alpha males did you
3: know that no, go this on. This is
0: actually true. People, humans, as a sign of uh, submission to the alpha male, will pick up the accents of other people, uh, particularly he or she who is the alpha person in the group. Other people will start to mimic their accent
1: subconsciously. I don't think we Ooh. have an alpha, lads. I feel like I'm on the same level we use, boys.
0: Uh, that is exactly what don't. we want you to feel. That yeah. is, But interestingly, I'm not so sure I... Eh? Feel the same way because 'cause I've been noticing my accent slipping a bit.
1: Ah, uh, don't worry about it. Listen, lads, come here to me. I couldn't bear to lose any as friends, and I, I'm a little worried. I, I don't know much about Robin Banks now, but a lot of technology these days. I think we might be safer off just going for an l point pint and hashing it out. You know, having a bit of a chat. Ha- ha- having a bit of a chat. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, it's 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 one thing charming someone over a pint, but if you're trying to charm someone across a a, a bulletproof glass. Uh, avoider in the bank i don't know i don't know how fair i'm gonna get now
0: maybe maybe you're right maybe 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 that's
1: the best the best what is going on with my accent over here hey since when did you become the alpha male of this group uh, I don't, know, I don't know if I believe in all that status stuff. You know, maybe it's just that my my charms are rubbing off on you. You know, well, your
3: charms are certainly rubbing off. Look at that! It's a, I, I'm so confused. Jesus, you sound exactly like me. That's fucking weird. That is what's so weird. I sound just like you. Oh Jesus
2: Christ! Wow. Nah, uh, guys, uh, be 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 careful here. Uh, we're all uh, changing right now. It's a bit weird. Uh. Well, why why, an, got an
0: Italian.
3: why? on earth is there an Italian accent in our group? What does that say? What is that Wait a amount? minute,
1: have you been
2: compromised
1: <gasps> by the fucking
2: mob?
3: He has been nah, compromised by the mob. Jesus Christ. Why do right. you say that? All right. Uh, no, not at all. Uh, Hands no, up.
2: Uh, come on. Uh, no, don't, uh, don't shoot. Uh, don't shoot. Uh,
0: That's it. We're gonna blast you right back to the back to the old country, aren't we, lad? You've
1: left us no choice. I thought we were getting on well. I the also thought, thought we were, were getting on well. All
2: right, you got me. I was uh, wired. I'm uh, working with the CIA in that group, and I was. Uh, you're gonna get her. busted at the coroner's. So, I always
0: uh, knew that was a ter- that was a terrible.
3: Italian accent, I knew it from the beginning Jesus,
1: I don't have an ear for these things But uh, there was something fishy about him alright, not giving me weapons and Well listen, if you're from the CIA I've done nothing wrong, I've no weapons I, I was, If anything I was de-escalating this situation are
0: you, are you throwing me under the bus now? Are you tossing me under the bus? Are you saying I'm the one guilty here? No,
1: nah, I wouldn't do that We're mates, I wouldn't throw you under the bus I'm just saying this was entirely your idea You have all the weapons, you drew up the plans You drafted me in And uh, I will testify to that in court no, salad- he's
2: right. Uh, it's it, it's like a bolognese uh, without the meat. Uh, he's right. Uh, he, he's he's fine to go. Uh, but you uh, you you stay here because uh, yeah, you're going to finish in jail.
1: Well, I don't know about that. About that, I uh, I took the liberty of putting a little bit of arsenic in that whiskey. So. Uh well, I'm, I'm not going down here, you know. And by the
0: way, uh, I know you've been wanting that arm, so here, you take the gun and I'm just uh. going to be...
1: <laughs> Army prints
2: are all over it, fuck! Ah, uh, Mario, my friend, okay, you good. Uh, you, you, you come with me, we go to the, uh, we, we go to the truck and uh, you go to prison, that's it. Uh. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all my right. God.
0: Oh, well. boy.
2: We're Henry and Blake. And we're on a mission to empower everyone to become active life improvisers so that together we can build a world in which everyone is excited to play their parts. We use
0: improv as a context for teaching soft skills, hard skills, and everything in between. So if you're curious about how the improv mindset can help you and your team trust more openly, collaborate more effectively, or just get together, blow off some steam and have a good time, check out our workshops and get in touch with us through our website at henryandblake.com. And if you
2: want to do some improv, check out our meetup page, Improvise Till You Make It. We organize regular drop-in sessions where a bunch of people get together for a few hours to play improv games and have loads of fun it's open to all improv experience levels and we usually go for a drink and hang out after and if you want to see
0: some improv you can check out our improv team skeleton brains on a stage near you we play live english improv shows all across berlin and further afield so if you want to find out where you can see us next check out our facebook page or our instagram page at skeleton brains happy
2: Happy improvising improvising and and see you soon Great, great job with Jackson's guys. I was amazed. Yeah, I thought I was, yeah, well, was uh, going
0: to
1: have to do Scottish there. I didn't know it was... Well, <laughs> you, you, I
0: hoped you would. Exactly, And yeah. then you just started talking as yourself, and I was like, right now I'm the Scot. Now everyone gets to laugh at me being Scottish.
1: That was, that was solid, solid.
0: Was it all right? Yeah. How was how was, was that t- as far t- as t- Scottish ears, accents yeah. go? Not, yeah, not so bad. Well, how, was, uh, how was my Irish accent there, Carl? As far <laughs> as Irish accents better go? Than most, I better than say. most. Better than most. I'll take better than most. I'll take better yeah, than most. I
1: can give you a list of movies to watch. You want to watch The Commitments uh you want to watch uh intermission <laughs> uh yeah yeah you get, get stuck into the dublin accent it's a All lot right. Of fun.
0: right i'd like to i'd like to improve it um because i can i think i can we're not going to go off on accents again that was a lot <laughs> of fun uh i i was not pleased when that scene started henry and i think again i always like to try to bring what we're talking about back to um uh the topic at hand and like the scenes that we're doing As soon as Henry was like, we cut to people with these accents. I mean, I I literally like cringed. My (laughs) eyes just sealed shut. I was shaking my head, and there was a big part of me was like, how can I escape this? How can I get out of this? And then, yeah, of course, like you just gotta trust the intention. Like I had to make a decision that like Henry is not trying to give us a challenge that we can't complete. You know what I mean? There was that part of my brain that's like, man, I don't...
1: That's hard. Uh, And even if he is, I mean, fuck it. They're the best type of challenges, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But it's
0: exactly it. And it was a really fun scene. And whether... You know, like, when people give you a challenge, there's that part of me, certainly on an improv stage, I'm like, dude... Like don't make me look bad in front of people. Mm. Like if you're endowing me with something, don't make me look bad. And there was that moment where you're saying, we're all going to do accents. And my brain was like, you're going to make me look bad. And I don't, Oh no, wait, I have to trust that you're not trying to make me look bad. I have to assume that you're giving me a challenge. You believe I can, I can accomplish. Or
1: it was wrong and it was terrible, but you've got a good story. You know, (laughs) I mean, I think a lot of the time
0: in improv looking bad is the funny thing. You know, we kind of touched on this briefly and I'm curious to sort of just explore it very, for a, a little while. Um, Trust in the good nature of people and their intentions. Um, how relevant do you feel that that is, and how like how applicable is that to life? I mean, can we? Should we? Do we?
1: Um, yeah, but I think there's definitely limits. You mm-hmm. know, like I said, like in an improv scene, we are building towards the same goal of making an interesting, hopefully funny scene. Yeah, um, you do encounter people in life who don't have the same goals as you they often they might have the opposite goal of you they're like i don't want to let you into this nightclub or (laughs) you know i want to sell you this thing that you don't want or you know what i mean um and yeah when you strip it back yeah okay that person has a job to do or they're coming from this place where that's how they feel about about this um but yeah, I don't know. I don't know.
0: Because, um, I mean, even that example of like, oh, the bouncer won't let me into the club. It's hmm. easy to take that personally until you've been to Berghain and you've been in there. Yeah. And you're like, oh you don't let people in here because if you just let anyone in here this club would not be this club like your your intention is not to offend me personally by not letting me in for example mm. i try to look at it as you now i happen to be exactly the kind of person you want to let in this club because i'm going to have a great time in there mm. but i understand that you don't necessarily think that or know mm. that or maybe i'm not the right person for this time of day mm. maybe there's too many of me in there already yeah. you know what i mean like it's not you i don't like you you're you're, get, you're not going to i mm. assume you're mm. i don't like you you're not getting in it's I would let you in maybe, but it's just not the right vibe. And it's gonna, that's not, that's not it.
1: Sometimes you walk in and you were worried about what you were wearing, how you were standing, your eye contact you are making. Sometimes you walk in, you look around they le- and you're like, they let all these dickheads in. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it's definitely, I think the first time I was there was about 10 years ago and it's definitely changed a lot. And I mean, one thing is, okay, everyone's gotten younger, but no, they haven't. It's the same age, I've just gotten yeah, older. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, Talking about Bergheim. I was going to say, like, <laughs> like uh, another rule of improv: don't talk about Bergheim. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is. I wish. I in wish I could. Like, it. I wish. I. I wish that was a hard and fast one that people <laughs> taught. Uh, I think if I'm ever teaching a class <laughs> in Berlin, I
0: will teach that. Yeah. So, um, so, let's take the conversation away from Bergheim, and I think the still the question still stands. Like, yeah, how does it work with? What does it mean to trust in the good nature of people, and should we, or can we, or
1: like? Nobody probably wants to be like a hijacker or a robber in life or whatever. And, yes. you know, their life has led them that way or there are circumstances that you don't know about at all. So I think you can assume the best that like they're probably trying to feed their family or they have an addiction and they're trying to feed that. And the addiction is a result of psychological problems and you don't know anything about that. But a friend of mine, a good friend of mine was recently somewhere in and around Dublin in his car. And he basically got like hijacked by a guy on foot. I think, I don't know if he was stopped in traffic or where he was, but this guy had like a chef's roll of knives. Oh and, like, my God. Pulled out a kitchen knife and like opened the door. And my friend, charmer that he is, managed to turn it around into him buying the set of knives off the guy <laughs> and not getting what? his car. So the guy wanted the car and he's like, he was just instantly into like, there's some beautiful knives, man. I'm actually a chef. I could use some new knives. I was like, what? And he's like, you don't want this car. Like, man, This car is ruined. I'm, it, it didn't even, it's not even going to pass. It's, it's road tests, you know what I mean? Listen, why don't I give you 20 quid for that? And they were like bartering over the knives. And he got out of this situation <laughs> buying a ro- set of knives that he didn't need at Holy all. But shit. he managed to not get stabbed or have his car robbed. That's excellent. And uh, yeah, this is someone who I've been trying to convince to get into improv, actually. Yeah. But, uh,
2: he would do great. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he,
1: he realized that this guy was coming from, you know, rough economic situation and what he really needed was money and my mate really needed his car for his business and, you know, this car was probably just going to get used in a crime and burned out somewhere. Did your friend lie about the quality of that car? Uh, Yes, he did. Oh,
0: (laughs) well, I'm going to assume he did it for good reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he he yeah he
1: got away and he got a set of knives for like a good price. Excellent.
0: Yeah. People often look for extreme examples to poke holes in things, and it's like, yeah, that's an extreme example. I'm not saying assume the best when someone puts a gun to your head and like wants your money to assume like, oh no no, he's just playing. No, of course. Like like you know, everything, every mindset has to be used responsibly and maturely, and we have to be clever and uh, you know in applying these things. So of course, I'm not talking about trusting in the good nature of people. When someone's holding a gun to your head, I am talking about trusting in the good nature of people when maybe you're seeing them walking down the road before you presume they're about to put a gun to your head. I am talking about trusting in the good nature of people when we're exactly the conversation that you're having right now about this guy who hijacked uh, a car. Mm. Like it does us no good to be like,
3: those people are terrible. Throw them away. That we're never
0: going to solve the problem of anything by just like labeling people and throwing them in boxes. Mm. It's amazing that your friend is capable of being like, man, this dude's just hard up for cash. And I assume he doesn't want to be a criminal. And I assume also he probably doesn't want to kill me. I would probably prefer not to go that far. Mm. So what can I do to get out of the situation where he wins, I win, everybody wins? Or you know what I mean? Like Mm. in any Mm. situation, people, I think it comes back to, and that's the question I wanted to ask. This is what I'm trying to get at. What does it mean to trust in the good nature of
1: people? And should we? And how far does that go? Well, I think that even like if you think of like, I mean, there's a lot of racists in the world, um, a lot of xenophobic people. And, I mean, it's playing out a lot in U.S. uh, politics and stuff that if you just, I mean, just assume they're horrible people um, and there's not enough of them to vote someone like Donald Trump into power, then, you know, you see what happens. Yeah. But, like, for the most part, like, yeah, they may hold really horrible views, but they've been brought up with those views. And what they really want is, you know, socioeconomic stability and they want their... Children to have a good life, you know what I mean? Which is what most people all want. want. Yeah. They just have a totally different lens that they're looking at that through. And they've maybe made the mistake of not assuming the best about, you know, immigrants or whoever they blame for their problem. And they don't realize that it's actually the rich white people who have gotten into this situation because (laughs) Carl has a clear political opinion on this matter. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But I think, like, (laughs) even like, you know, like a horrible racist person is probably a good person in a way. They just, uh, they just are wrong about stuff or they, just, they they've been brought up with,
0: you know, views that kind of, yes. Well, and, and I think this is, this is exactly the kind of question that I wanted to dig into. So let's take, for example, person with prejudice X, whoever mm. that is in whatever prejudice, whatever direction mm. that goes, how does it benefit us as people who are not sharing that prejudice, uh, whatever that prejudice may be mm. to assume the best of that person? Does it help us? Is it useful for us to assume the best? Like what's your, what's your thought on that?
1: Well, um, so in the last couple of years, Ireland voted to uh, decri- or legalize abortion and to, I think the term is legalized gay marriage. And I had conversations with my dad about both of these things. My dad is quite old. Um, he's a good person. Some of his views are quite old fashioned. Um, and I think as he gets older, he's maybe less willing to kind of change or listen. But um, just talking to him about both those issues, it's like he's, you know, I think it's easy to get set in your ways after mm. a certain point of your life, I presume, but, you know, My dad doesn't know any gay couples personally, you know, my dad thought he didn't know anybody who has needed an abortion in their life, but the statistics bear out He absolutely did and probably didn't know about it. You know what I mean? And so my, my instant instinct with either of these things was like, oh, we can't legalize that. My instant instinct is like, you horrible prick. What are you talking about? But it's like, you got to be like, okay, I understand exactly where you're coming from. Like, I think there's.
0: So how did that affect the conversation that you had with him as opposed to like, it it just, he's a bad person, I don't...
1: Well, he just, he wouldn't listen to me the first time because I was just like ranting at him, basically. And the second time I actually sat down and listened to his views, even though there were times I wanted to interject and be like, no, you're fucking wrong, but just like, "Mm mm-hmm, okay. And just try to be patient and take deep breaths. And then, you know, slowly go through his points and be like, here's why that's not an issue. Or here's where you've been misled on that. Or here's why I think compassion is, is better than... Looking at these weird, extreme edge cases that don't really happen, Mm. you know. And Uh, and did you learn anything
0: from having this? Like, so it sounds like the conversation was at least more, um, more productive. Did you learn anything yourself? And not necessarily about like abortion, but what did you learn
1: from having a conversation? I did learn things about abortion, but one. I think one thing I learned is that um, I think if you have enough time and someone who's willing to talk to you, um, you can. I don't know if convince some of your ideas, but you can you can you can get them to understand where you're coming from. And I think uh, that's a problem a lot of the time. Uh, like a lot of these discussions happen, like in Facebook comments and stuff like that. And you can't really. It's so difficult to make a good reasoned kind of all encompassing point. Um, you know, unless you have the time for it. So I think um, it's good to assume the best. But if you really want to like really want to understand someone, you got to sit down and talk to them and make sure they're they get at least. of the airtime that you do Mm. in the discussion. And I think, I think it's assuming the best that allows us to have
0: exactly that conversation. That's kind of how I I like, that's the way, mm, I mean, I assume you're not, yeah. When you're like, my dad is a bad person for his views. Then your conversation was very stilted. And it was Mm. like one person screaming at a brick wall while the other person screamed at a brick wall. Mm. But the second you came back with, all right, let me rephrase this. My dad is not a bad person. Mm. He's not an idiot. He's not whatever, like bad thought I could have. Uh, he's a guy who lives his own experience and has his own worldview for his own reasons, good or bad. Mm. Uh, but if I sit down and approach him from that angle, as you're a human with experience that has led you to believe these things mm. and you're not a bad person, mm. then maybe there's room to chat. Maybe there's yeah. something we can learn from each other. Uh, and I think assuming the best allowed you to have that conversation, I yeah. think that al- that would allow so many of us and, and this goes, and I think it's very important in in, in every direction. In all views, in all directions, people go, you don't have my views. I don't even want to talk to you. I don't even want to start the conversation. And I think that that happens from liberal people to conservative Mm. people, from conservative people to liberal people. And I think it happens for the same reason, that we're all not assuming the best. Mm. We're all just going, you're bad. Your views are bad. Mm. You have no capacity to change Mm. and no willingness to change. Why would I waste my breath? And I think that's where we get stuck we, yeah. because we don't assume the best of each other. We don't assume the best of our ability to listen, have reasoned to judgment to have good, maybe, maybe not good reasons, but to have reasons for why we believe what we believe. Uh, and I think assuming the best just gives us, at least it opens the door mm. to a conversation that might not otherwise happen.
1: I think one thing that I try to keep in mind these days is like, I find it hard. I, I don't like trusting people. I don't like listening to people who talk in absolutes, you know,
0: uh, couldn't agree. Yeah.
1: to assume the best is to like, um, Like, I try to be changeable in my opinions. I don't claim to be an expert on anything at all, really. And that, you know, there's only so much I can know about any topic. And I do, when I have the time, like, talking to people who have very different views to me. Because if they're, and often they're, you know, they're very smart people. And you will get information that you didn't have. And hopefully you'll be able to give them information that they didn't have. Um, I want to assume that this person is changeable. Even if they don't seem it initially. Even if they're going to rail, like, oh, you libtard cook. You know, it's like... See why you think that. Like I, I look and dress like a libtard cook, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. And you know, yeah, I'm probably guilty of a lot of biases. You know, I we, we all, all are? are. But of course, people need to realize that everyone is guilty of biases, no matter what. And you got to be, you got to be changeable. You can't talk in absolutes ever. Yeah, and uh, never, <laughs> never. And yeah, you got to be kind of sensitive to to that and realize that you shouldn't try necessarily go into a conversation to try and change someone's mind, but they will respond if you look like you're trying to get their point of view more than put yours forward.
0: Yeah. I think we have so much to learn from exactly that. Well, Carl, thanks so much for being on the show with us today. Mm, um, we like to wrap things up uh, with a little bit of an improv game. How are you okay. feeling about playing an improv game? Um,
1: I hope it's one that I'm good at is all. So
0: what we're going to do today <laughs> is we got a suggestion from an improviser who was on a previous episode of our podcast for characters that we're going to play. Okay. Uh, we're going to play the dating game. Are you familiar with this game?
1: Yeah, I think I've seen you guys do it in and Britain. Exactly. So essentially,
0: okay. here's how this is going to work. You are going to be the uh, the bachelor. Oh, excellent! Who is deciding amongst bachelors and bachelorettes? There is a, uh, you know, there's a multitude of people on the sure. stage. There are three, uh, and they are three famous, very well known people. Okay. And your job is going to be to try to um, use your questions about what they like and what they're like to figure out who they are. Okay. And the game will end when you figured out, all three. Okay. One of us will be the presenter and, one of, and a character, and one of us will be two characters. Okay. All right? All right. So here's a clip from episode five of Improvise Till You Make It, where we ask our friend and guest, Jakob Wagner, to give us three suggestions of characters we should play for the dating game. All right, Jakob. We just need three like globally famous people from you that we can use in the next one.
3: All right, you're the Dalai Lama, you're Batman, and um, Wonder Woman. All right, great, Jakob.
0: Thank you so much. We're gonna put this clip in the next uh, in the next episode, so you'll be making an appearance twice. Well, thank you so much. All right, cool.
3: So let's play the dating game.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome on the Bachelor game. Uh, today, we have uh, three amazing uh, contenders uh, trying to win the heart of our Bachelorettes. Uh, Cindy, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, I'm Cindy. Hi.
2: Oh, Cindy is amazing. Fantastic. So we have those three contenders. Uh, you, you, you can call them uh, um, uh, one, two, three. Um, okay. And you will be allowed to ask them as many questions as you want. And um, wow. towards the end of the show, you will have to tell us uh, with who you want to go next date with oh,
1: i'm so excited i can't wait
2: all right so
0: do, should we start hi i'm bachelor number bachelorette number one and i break
3: all stereotypes and norms hello i'm bachelor number two and i'm pretty sure you're gonna figure me out right away
2: hi i'm bachelor number three and um i'm looking forward to having a spiritual conversation with you
1: Wow. Okay. Uh, a, 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 a lot to digest. Um, let's see. Uh, bachelor number three. Um yes. Going on first dates with people is one of my favorite things to do because when, they, when I get them to decide what the date is, I feel like I can learn so much about them. If we were to go on a first date, where would you take me and what would we do?
2: I think we will spend some time in silence, Ooh. looking at each other's eyes and... Hmm, oming together. I think it is a very powerful soul-binding activity.
1: Wow, that's deep. Okay, okay, and Bachelorette number one. Um, you said that you really like breaking stereotypes and norms. I guess, same question. Where would you take me on a first date? And, and what, would you, what would we do?
0: Well, we'd start by doing something very exciting. I would take you to my home island and introduce you to all of the most important women in my life. And then we would wander through the jungle and we would find animals which you would find fascinating and I would show them to you. And then maybe, if you were lucky, we might even put some people behind bars while we're at it. Oh my god. Amazing.
1: Is it, it's too early to make my decision, is it? Because she's got an island.
2: It is. It is quite amazing, of course. Uh, <sighs> okay. But we want to do it a bit more, right? I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, that, like, yeah, especially Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ba- OK.
1: Bachelor number two. Um, what do you think is uh, the most what do you think is the cornerstone of a really strong,
3: healthy, loving relationship? Secrets. Always having secrets and keeping them from each other. Letting people be who they need to be.
1: Wow! Wow! Okay, that's a lot to digest. Mm. Mm. Okay, let's try uh, bachelor number three again. What do I want to ask you? Hmm. Mm.
2: Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, what it, were what, what you, are we saying? Were you asleep? Um, no, I was meditating.
3: Okay, okay. Very that... irritating. I'm trying to focus on the game here. That well,
2: uh, sorry, bachelor number one. Uh, you're number uh, two. Number two. You are sending me a lot of. Very negative vibes and I'm trying to oming out of the room.
1: Mm. Okay, okay, I've got it, I've got it, okay. um, Don't presume to know my vibe. Bachelor number three. Guys are fighting on me, I love this. Bachelor number three. Um, uh, I love my smartphone, but sometimes I feel like it intrudes on my life too much. Uh, How much of a role do you think that technology should have in our lives? And how do you know when it's time to just say no?
2: I think that technology is a blessing and a curse. Um, technology is a neutral piece of science that the humans um, use for good and bad things. I think that everything should start from our soul and we should come together, passed by the technology, and go into deeper connections to reach a certain enlightenment.
1: OK, interesting. Uh, so bachelorette number one. Mm-hmm. Hmm, let's see. So you've got an island. And you love powerful women. Great. And um, you love putting people behind bars. Not something I've really done on a, on a date before. So I suppose my question for you is, um, what do you think are like some of the biggest injustices in the world? And what do you think we can do about them? The
0: glass ceiling, number one. The patriarchy, number two. And capes. No, I love capes, but that's exactly the, that's the biggest injustice in the world. Though. They're not part of everyday life. We should all be wearing capes. They look magnificent.
1: Okay, wow.
2: They look really good. Um, they look
0: wonderful. Yours is almost a cape. And let me just tell you that color, magnificent on you.
2: Thank you very much.
3: Uh, is no one going to talk about my cape? Am I just going to be left here just you're, invisible you're, to the world? I've got a cape too.
2: Your cape is really black. I have yeah. to say, it's not really a colour that is welcoming for other people.
3: Well, nothing about me is supposed to be welcoming. You presume an awful lot for somebody who's supposed to be so goddamn mindful. Can okay. you ask, can I get a question yeah, over here? Yeah. What am I, chopped okay. liver?
1: Uh, bachelor number two. Yes. Um, I work in marketing, so I feel that branding is really, really important. Oh. How do you feel that um, creating a brand for yourself has helped you in your professional and or personal life?
3: Let me tell you. What I think about marketing. Number one, marketing has led to me having one of the most successful businesses in the entire world, in a private life. No, wait, oh God, I've said too much. Ooh, well, Listen, the long and short of it is, brand everything. And the more you can brand, the better. Because then people know that they should fear you right just from the sound. From the, from, the, from the symbol that gets blasted into the sky at night. When they see that symbol, it strikes fear straight into their hearts. That's the power of branding. Half of my job is done before I even show up. Oh, wow. That is
1: such a hot voice. I love, I'm a sucker for a hot voice. I do it to disguise who I really am.
3: It works very well.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Um, um, oh I'm all of a tizzy Uh, bachelor number three Um, let me see what question do I have for you how much of a role do you think politics and our stance on the world um, should really play in a relationship
2: I think that the world is at the moment going in a direction that is very hard for me and my people I think that our neighbor country has been oppressing us for ages. I hate oppression. Yeah, you know what yeah, is it? That that is, that is it, bachelor number two. I think that we we we're ruling for the same ideas here. I'd love to have you in in, in one of our to come. With me in the mountain and uh, and come to the monastery and 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 discuss a little bit about your. Been there,
3: done that, learned everything I needed, and now I'm ready to bring that oppression to a close all over the world. Wow, I, I
1: love a man who's well-traveled.
2: Well, sometimes I have to agree. Sometimes we need to take on the fight. Unfortunately, uh, I mean, our people has been oppressed, and uh, we, we, I'm. I'm deported. I'm. Uh, I have to live in a country which is not mine, and uh, to pray every day for the lost oh my souls. God, that's so
1: sad. Okay. Well. Oh, okay. Ah, oh, so much to digest, but yeah, I think I'm ready to.
2: Oh, Cindy, you're ready. That's yeah, I really think so. properly I think amazing. So. All right, I think that's, yeah, we learned definitely a lot about all of those wonderful candidates. Um, all right, now I think you can just tell us um, in order uh, the two candidates that unfortunately will not go with you on a date, mm. and then you, feel, you will finish by telling us who and why you want to go on a date with that person.
1: Well, unfortunately, oh God, it is a tough choice, but um, Bachelor number two. Yeah. Uh, Batman, I just... Oh, come on. I just... I, I think it's It's too important to be honest. And I think you having a secret identity, it's just going to get in the way of us having a real clear and honest connection. But I think your voice is super hot. And I think you're, you're going to find someone. You are going to find someone. But maybe you just need to open up a bit more.
3: All right. That's it. I'm done. Dating scene. Back to oh. Tinder with me. Oh, that- <laughs> he grapple hooks out of the scene. <sighs> oh,
1: my God. Is that his real butt? Oh, oh
3: t- too late. Too late. Okay.
1: Then I would say... Um, Bachelor number three, um, Mm, should I call you, is it Dalai or Mr. Lama? Yes, I am. Okay. Um, I just, I'm I'm 24 years of age and I do love an older man, but I want to still then have kids someday, maybe. I don't know yet, it's too early to make these decisions. I feel like, no offence, but maybe you don't have much time left on the mortal plane?
2: Well, I will completely agree with you that um, my... My choice of life and me being the leader of uh, my people is taking a lot of time Mm. for me, so I will not be the right person for for being... He's so zen. Family member. He's so zen. That you wasn't tough at all. I can feel the calmness from over here. I can just feel it. Mm.
1: And oh, I guess that leaves me. This is why it was an easy choice. Uh, I want to go party with Wonder Woman on our island and put oh. some men behind bars. Oh. All right.
0: That's it. I've got my invisible plane waiting out back, Cindy.
2: Let's go. Oh, my God. Let's do it. Here we go. We're oh going to break Let's some come. stereotypes and shatter some glass mm. ceilings. Okay. Fuck these heels. Mm, mm. Yeah. All right, mm. ladies and gentlemen. I think that's Cindy and Wonder Woman. are going for a trip. We got our winner. Congratulations. Yay. Yay. <laughs> and see. Great job, Carl. Okay. Nice job. Great job, yeah, nice it was, job yourself. Well, yeah, that was fun. Was that the first time you played playing that?
0: Good questions. Mm-hmm. Carl. First of all, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for, for being having here. me, guys. Uh, it was great. I'm really honored to be here. Yeah, I really had a good time. Yeah. And uh, thanks for talking with us about the improv mindset. Uh, mm. You're all over town and you play with multiple different improv teams. Where can people find you?
1: Um, well, if you look up Facebook, uh, I'm on Carl Clancy Comedy. If you go to the events tab there, I try to add all my all my stuff. Um, uh, I play with uh, that, one of the House Harold teams in uh, Comedy Café Berlin. Rosigas 17, Neukölln. That's the one. Uh, t- two Fridays uh, a month, and then the other two Fridays I'm usually playing with comedy shorts. Sometimes lucky enough to play with Blake. Um, we also do Saturdays up in 800A uh, with comedy shorts. We may be adding some more comedy shorts could uh, be happening uh, shows this season, which could be a lot of fun. And then also uh, I play with uh, the wonderful Marissa Lamas on uh, our team, Call Me Maybe, yeah, uh, which has brought me a lot of joy recently. And we're really we're trying to get more and more shows all the time. Um, I saw so you
0: guys I saw your show at 800A recently uh, definitely check out Carl, Carl Me Maybe they are an absolutely brilliant duo with some of the most hilarious grounded and interesting character scenes I've ever I've, I've, I've had the pleasure of seeing so really really loved that oh, high praise thank you yes
1: yeah. we, we have a lot of fun yeah
0: great and which House Herald team are you on
1: I am on People System alright cool yeah. anything
0: else you'd like to plug while you're sitting here Carl
1: uh, anything else I'd like to plug um, I don't know uh, support local comedy I would say yeah um, yeah Go to, go to your friends' shows. Take risks on shows that you don't know anything about. It's all kind of generally cheap. People do it for the love. And I think that really shows through. And you should, you should mm. support it.
0: Brilliant. Well, Carl, thank you so much for being here. And I think that Great brings words. us to a close for today. I'm Blake. I'm Henry. And we're Henry, Henry and Blake. Blake. We'll catch you next time for another episode of Improvise Till You Make It.
2: Bye.